This podcast has been brought to you by GM Moving, part of Greater Sports. We're here to help the people of Greater Manchester get moving and to improve lives through physical activity. Hi, so I'm Eve Holt, I'm the Strategic Director at GM Moving. So this is about us sharing ways of moving, learning, leading and staying connected during the COVID crisis. So I'm really pleased to be joined by Sarah today, who's one of our trustees at Greater Sport and is doing some fantastic work to help disabled people stay active, both with us at Greater Sport and in her own day job. So um, go on, Sarah, reintroduce yourself and a little bit about what you're doing. Okay, I'm Sarah Brown-Fraser, I'm the Marketing Communications Manager for Activity Alliance. Activity Alliance is a national charity um, and we work with organisations to support disabled people to be active for life. Um, But obviously I've been a trustee for Greater Sport uh, for about two years now. And so why, why do you think your work is important? Through um, Activity Alliance we obviously understand that disabled people are the least active group. Um, amongst our society so it's really important that we get organizations to think a bit differently Mm -hmm. um, a bit more about disabled people and the gaps and barriers that there might be that they could actually help with Um, one in five of us are disabled in society so actually a lot of our audiences will always be disabled people so we need to start thinking a bit more creatively and inclusively about the way we um, deliver programs, research, marketing, um, to really try and fill those gaps because it shouldn't be the case that disabled people are twice as likely to be inactive as non-disabled people. That's such a stark statistic, isn't it, really? Just shows absolutely inequities in our current system um, that prevent people from having those that activity and those healthy lives and you know longer healthy lives that we, we want for everybody. So that must be particularly well, it feels particularly stark at the minute. Those current inequalities in COVID light uh, make it you know much harder for some people to stay active um, and to keep moving. There's been a lot of noise, a lot of the stay in and work out, um, and some people have been more active at the minute than they would normally. Um, but I think there's a big disparity between you know those that can get out, those that can stay active, those that can access use YouTube videos. Um, so what I'm interested in your insights through your work in terms of what are the current, I guess, challenges, but also the opportunities for disabled people at the moment. We, we already know that um, from, from our own research that psychological barriers are the, the biggest barrier that prevents disabled people from being active. And that's about that's disabled people themselves, as well as the attitudes towards disabled people. Um, we're hearing, obviously, the, the information we get through our own channels, we're hearing a lot more about the creative ways that you can be active at the, in the home. Um, and for years now, I mean, I, I feel it as a disabled person, is that actually getting out the door can be an issue for a lot of people. So moving activity into the home has been really interesting, especially for me, um, in that, you know, a can of beans can be used instead of some weights um, <laughs> that people will actually do you know boccia which is a game usually um, which you can see in the Paralympics um, they're actually reinventing that game and doing things 
things that they can do in the garden. Um, they're doing things like sofa superheroes, um, where it's a disabled fitness instructor delivering those, those fitness classes from the sofa. Um, I've been really intrigued and delighted to see that people are actually considering the way you can be active in the home, um, which for a lot of people is a really important factor because not all of us can, you know, get on public transport and go into our local gym. Um, and even when we get to our local gym, we might need support there and will that be available? Can we afford to even do these sport, you know, and activities that are out there? So I think, um, I think it's, it'll be really important to see how these, these ideas and creativity carries on um, past the crisis that we're in right now. Absolutely. I mean, all those ideas, all that creativity, we've seen lots of, you know, you said the cans of beans to uh, all sorts of different ways of creating weights and assault courses and ways of motivating each other to stay active. So what would you, I guess, what would you like to see happen? What do you think are some of the opportunities for the future? that those what seeds have been sown at the minute that we could really look to water and continue? Definitely the active in the home. I think, um, you know, it's as if it, it was always a forgotten kind of area of actually, should we be doing more um, programs that are actually involving activity in the home? When we do online fitness classes, should we be thinking about the tools and the space that we've got in, in our own home, homes? Um, but I think there's still a dark reality in terms of digital digital communications because my job as marketing manager i still consider the inclusive marketing angle mm -hmm. and as much as we are embracing the new channels and the you know the digital communications of that we ha all have not all of us do so there is a still a barrier and if we think about older age groups or mm -hmm. you know, certain impairment groups won't necessarily have the access to digital communications that you or i do um, and there are still barriers in those digital communications. So our websites still aren't as accessible as they should be. Our video calls haven't got subtitles. Um, there are so many good accessible platforms out there. I really hope that when we come out of this, that we continue to use them and actually embrace inclusion in a digital way, because there's so much more that we can do in sport and physical activity and health um, mm -hmm. that we're just not doing right now. And it's really embarrassing uh, um, for us as sports organizations to not really think about the end users barrier absolutely so designing in for inclusion much earlier in all those different spaces far more consciously feels like it's absolutely needed and i share you know at points definitely that embarrassment when i've you know you see some things you think why well, how, how is it possible in the 21st century um when we know like those stats that you pointed at the beginning um, that you're twice twice likely to be inactive if you're disabled um, and the impact that has you know on our on people on con on their contributions on their life you know we are literally talking about people's lives um, so what in what can you see you know how how can we make that happen Sarah yeah how do we make that happen <laughs> I think it's probably what you've just said as well that you know we always advise we do a lot of work on inclusive marketing and communications and we always sit back and when we see websites that are built or campaigns mm. that are built and, and you go in afterwards and you say well I would have done this mm. or I would uh, I would change this or I would add this from the beginning from the get-go we need to think about inclusion and accessibility and that means when we do begin those planning stages that we actually 
in, involved disabled people or people mm. with certain barriers, um, you know, different age groups, different uh, communities in, in our work um, mm. that actually can help us plan effectively and inclusively and accessibly. Because what happens is the end of that project or the end of that website or the end of that campaign and somebody says, I can't access it because of this. And then it costs you more to fix that because you haven't done it from day one. Um, so I think it just means putting inclusion at the heart of everything we do from, from now. Um, if you haven't done it already, you need to ask yourself and your team some questions about have we got the right platforms? Are we spending enough money on making it inclusive? Um, are we realistic in actually the audiences we're trying to reach? Um, because not everyone's digital and not everyone wants to be digital. Um, not everyone's you know, sitting, on the, um, sitting holding their smartphone to try and do, be, be active. But some people might want to leaflet through the door. Um, there are those people still that exist in our society. So um, let's think a bit more creatively and actually not think about what we need as an organisation, but what the end user needs. Yeah. So designing in from the very beginning and that co-design and making sure that, and again, we've got the full diversity because being disabled means very different things, doesn't it, for different people and the needs then that come with that, the opportunities, the strengths that come with that are, you know, hugely diverse. Um, so it certainly isn't one tick box solution where you're going to solve that for everybody. So having that inclusive approach from the very beginning and not an afterthought, which sometimes is how it feels. Um, and we've seen that, I guess, over the last few weeks in terms of the, you know, I was pleased to see the changes from the government last week in terms of additional um, exercise for people with autism um, and potentially other sort of uh, neuro difference. Um, and I pictured back when I was a lawyer working with families with children who were autistic or ADHD, and they've been very much on my mind over the last few weeks thinking, my goodness, you know, if you're in, particularly if you're in crowded conditions, if you don't have a garden and you yourself or a child or somebody else you're looking for, you know, has those particular needs, this could be absolutely exasperating on top of anxiety, on top of uncertainty, on top of all those changes to normal structures, normal habits, normal support you know that's that's very real isn't it for some families um so that was you know it was good to see that change but it was an example of something that was a change several weeks in you know it wasn't from the beginning it clearly wasn't at the forefront of decision decision makers minds at the time yeah. that they were um initially legislating around um, the lockdown so we need to have people around the table don't we we need to take the learnings from now forward and I would say also that, you know, involve, involving disabled people is a really, really good change for your culture as an organisation. And, you know, the employment rates are still low for disabled people. Um, but you go into organisations and you ask how many disabled people do you have you know, working with you? Because I know in marketing, the first people I ask are people with different impairments because I go, do you like this? Is this accessible? Um, the internal insight you can have by involving disabled people, employing disabled people is massive. And I really hope one of the impact, positive impacts that come out of it is actually people see that disabled people are really adaptable, really mm. effective in terms of giving solutions. Um, because we're used to these sort of things. Mm. We're used to not being able to get out the door and we're used to like having to interact digitally or you know, in a different form of channel. Um, but, would that not be nice, you know, when we come out of this, that we embrace that? 
I really hope so. <laughs> and I know we had before we started the interview a bit of a conversation around the level of kind of humanity and, and empathy and understanding and the opportunity at the minute for people to maybe recognise that actually, you know, have a sense of what other people's lives are like. So as people are going, well, isolation feels really hard. And yes, how many disabled people put their hands up and go, uh, yeah, this is, this is my life, actually. I can't get out every day, always, you know, for some people. Yeah. Um, so how we really hold on to that and enable more people to understand each other and then remove those barriers really that we have that, that stop the get in the way, don't they? Of yeah. people being able to contribute and be involved and participate. And I think, I mean, I'll say, I say it every day that I really hope when we come out of whatever we're coming out of and when we come out of it, um, that we don't forget that social isolation still exists. Um, this might be a real thing to a lot of people who've never experienced it before, but we really need to get a grip of what it means to those people who are still going to be socially, socially isolated. Mm -hmm. And it affects their activity rating. So, you know, when we talk about, I'm always saying, active people, stop telling me to be more active mm -hmm. because you don't, you might not understand how I feel as a less active person or what my barriers are. So, I feel like we we need to really come out of this with some kind of ongoing discussion that mm. actually still considers disabled people to be socially isolated and you know use the solutions we've used for the last few weeks mm. again and continue those solutions. Absolutely. Thank you. So how do you how do you like to move? And has that shifted at all over the last few weeks as we've seen people have to create new habits? And for some people, their levels of activity have gone up. And for others, you know, it's very dramatically gone down. So what does that look like for you personally? I'm not kind of like the active bunny that probably people think when you work in sport of physical activity. <laughs> but um, certainly for me, it's more of a physio thing. So the movement is more important for me for my muscles to keep mm -hmm. working. So I've been intrigued by things like the social, uh, the, the sofa workouts that the you know, they're existing and the different um, inclusive dance routines that you can do online. Um, I'm quite fortunate because my husband is um, a, a sports therapist anyway, so he's always got some kind of contraption around the house that you can use or, you know, lift this instead, lift a can of beans instead of a weight. Um, so I'm quite fortunate if, if who I live with and who we're married to. Uh, <laughs> but certainly I've been doing more of the physio elements of it. It's not like I'm going, you know, around the garden and, you know, doing 100 laps like Captain Tom. Mm. <laughs> and he kind of puts me to shame right now. <laughs> but certainly I'm, um, I'm probably doing as much activity as I did before. And so that point you make there about how you know fortunate you are in terms of your your partner I'm sure many ways <laughs> without embarrassing him <laughs> but in terms of you know that support that we all rely on and I know just in terms of my own family in terms of trying to get my kids moving but also them inspiring me to be honest and reminding me have I have I done my press ups for the day so you know again if you're living on your own that must be so much harder at the minute. So are you getting sort of feedback through your work, through your networks um, about what that looks and feels like for people? Yeah, right now? You know what? I mean, as much as there is a negative side to it, and definitely there are people out there that are feeling quite low right now. Mm. And being active is not a priority. And you mm. kind of forget we put all these, you know, uh, lots of you know messages out there about come on, be active that hour a day. But for some people, they're quite low right now. And that's not just disabled people. 
and trying to encourage them and like, oh, just be active. It's good for you. Um, also, it's kind of like feeling a bit more positive about my life, but it's not mm. priority. So it, we are hearing negative stories, obviously, in terms of people feeling quite down and, and isolated and without support to do things. But we're also still hearing really nice stories about, actually, I've now got a wealth of, of activities I can do that I'm doing my own thing with. So the things like Joe Wicks, um, as much as he hasn't put on um, you know, an inclusive PE class for children in the morning, there are families that know how to adapt those classes and are doing it themselves. So mm. I've seen brilliant videos of you know, children who are disabled just changing it a little bit, changing that routine that Joe Wicks delivers and making it good for themselves. Um, I've, see, I've heard from people that have never been active before suddenly being active because they've got access to it online. Um, and, those, and also, they, there's a lot of people, whether disabled or not, that feel quite self-conscious. Um, so actually doing it in your home where you can boost your confidence a bit more possibly is a good thing in terms of actually the next step might be getting out and doing it in the local leisure centre um, because you've got rid of those sort of um, initial feelings that you mean you don't feel that confident in you know being active or will I look silly when I do it mm. so there are positive sides to it I just think we all need to be very conscious that there are there's quite a lot of people that you know still feel that activities not for them in that messaging, which obviously you're an expert in, which is why I'm so grateful to have the conversation, but also to have you on our Great Sport Board, because it is such a challenge, isn't it? I'm constantly, whether it's as an organisation, we're thinking about a marketing and comms, but, you know, every time I send a tweet, I'm kind of going, oh, you know, absolutely, I firmly believe that it's right that doing a daily dose of exercise is up there, along with, with medication and access to food. We know the stats tell us, you know, what this means in terms of helping the nation stay fit and healthy, you know, how important that is now, um, both for your physical and mental health, how that enables us to sustain isolation for much longer if we're able to stay physically active and how that will also in the end will ultimately could save lives because, you know, whether it's another, if it's COVID in another form or it's something else, you know, what we've seen is that, you know, if you're fit and active, you're more likely to be able to um, have your symptoms are likely to be lower and like to have a you know less less of an impact uh, and may even be life-saving for you so it does feel important um it's hugely important but as you say that can feel like a preachy message can't it really it can land completely wrong it can feel like you're shaming people it can feel like if you're living in very difficult circumstances and just getting food to you and to your kids um if you're in cramped household you know the idea of lifting a can of beans you know <laughs> and somebody telling you on twitter here you go here's some nice moves here's a good dance um can feel so incongruous with your the realities of your life so how to get that balance of you know reminding people that it is important it shouldn't be a luxury just for some it absolutely is something that everybody should have to access but recognizing yeah the realities for people really and messaging that that yeah reaches different people in all their diversity is a challenge it's like a yeah, challenge. And I think it, it really depends on who delivers that message to so, you know, you can have the Olympians and Paralympians of the world mm. who are brilliant and there will be definitely that percentage of people that want to go on and, you know, do some elite sport and, you know, become medal winners. Um, 
but there's a whole heap of us who are just rubbish at, at, at sport but just want to find that activity for our muscle movement mm-hmm. um you know we we and we like to say you know, disabled people have a right to be as rubbish as sport as anybody else um but being active is a good thing we know that we know the benefits the physical and mental benefits of being mm-hmm. active but the phrase people like me um, we need to find those people like me who, you know, are a bit chubby, but still actually want to be active, mm-hmm. but that have experienced life as we do in our daily lives. It's really important that those people come through and actually deliver those messages for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that could be anybody. That could be, that could be a health professional. It could be your local GP, but it could be also, you know, somebody who runs your local church or it, it can really vary, but we all have different people that we listen to. It's not necessarily the people that we think should deliver those messages. Um, and we need to do a lot more work on those messengers. So there we go. We need to involve from the very beginning at the heart of everything, have that inclusion um, absolutely leading, leading the way and not an afterthought. And then also making sure that we're seeing, you know, you can't be what you can't see. And in the end, we need that diversity of people to be giving those messages, our key advocates out there, um, and they're far more persuasive than you know any one of us trying to reach a whole host of different people um, in their different households right now. So let's let's make it happen. <laughs> let's see this. I love your positivity. You know, it's absolutely great. And I know it's there are a lot of challenges at the minute for lots of people. But as you say, there are these you know positive things that are happening at the minute and opportunities really to make sure that we take that learning and embed it in in the ways of the future um, and really you know close that gap so we're not saying that you're twice as likely to be inactive if you're disabled um, yeah. and let's let's shift that so thank you very much for thank your you. time um lovely to talk to you as ever and uh i hope yeah the next few weeks go well and i look forward to catching up really and talking about well what next and taking all that learning and, and going how do we make sure you know a greater sport from gm moving really that we put those things in action and, and work with you to do that so yeah, great yes <laughs> If you've enjoyed this podcast, why not share it or tell a friend about it? And if you've got feedback or ideas for future episodes, please get in touch with our team at Greater Sport using the links that you'll find on our podcast page.